Hello and welcome my partners in crime and welcome back to Murder Analyze. Today is the third case in our sort of campaign for um, to show awareness to the missing um, that still have never been found. So it's really important these cases that we get them out there and over the next 20 days and that started from the 1st of December and will run all the way through um, we're going to highlight these different cases. Now today's case is the Stan Sandy Davison case. Now he was like three and a half year old at the time of his disappearance. So this is a very young child here we're going to talk about. So if this case isn't for you because of the age of the child, um, then you know please switch off. But there is nothing, the problem is with this case is there is no evidence at all. As with any, all the other cases that we've been picking up on these missing cases, there just doesn't seem to be any evidence at all. Now little Sandy, he was born on the 28th of May 1972 and he was a Scottish boy and he disappeared on the 23rd of April 1976. Now he was from, um, I think it's um, uh, Bawtree Hill housing estate and um, you know, and this estate is in I think um, Irvine in um, Ayrshire of Scotland, I hope I've got that right. Um, now listen, this this young kid went missing in literally seconds, really. I think we've worked it out that it could, the, the quickest it would have been is about two minutes, maybe 38 seconds, depending on when it was noticed he was gone to around four or five minutes being the maximum time that it took to either this boy to wander off or to be abducted. So listen, this is the case of the little missing, still missing, Sandy Davidson. Now in 1976 in this area, especially where they lived, it was being redeveloped. There's a lots of building work going on. Um, I think there was new houses being built right next door actually to where this child went missing. So there's lots of people about, right? Lots of people that may not have even come from this area or been from this area. They may have been working in this area. So you know, this opens up, doesn't it, then, really a big scale on who it could have been if this boy was abducted. Plus, though, when we talk about building work and stuff going on, and there was also water, actually, um, there. Now, we all know, don't we, that kids love water and, you know, building works, and it's known that Sandy loved vans and cars and fascinated with them. He was typical boy, you know, fascinated with them. So there's lots of things that could have happened to this child apart from being abducted, right? Many, many things that could have happened. The theories are out there to cover all these scenarios. But over the years and as things been investigated, things have sort of come down to eyewitness testimonies that have come forward later date that have seen a young child matching the description of Sandy being led off by a well-dressed man and placed into a car and driven off. So listen, let's go on now to really the facts of this case. Now Sandy's mum and dad, this was, they, um, it was Margaret and Phil, was his mum and dad. Now um, Sandy also had a younger sister, about 18 months younger I think, called Donna. Now Donna will come up in this because Donna until this day is still searching for information on her brother. But in 1976, Donna was about 18 months, two years old. So she was very young. 
The parents were Margaret and Phil. Now they lived about three doors away from Margaret's mum and um, Margaret's, you know, the nan of Sandy and Donna. Now she used to look after the children for the parents while they went to work. So on the 23rd of April, 1976, that morning, Margaret and Phil got the kids ready, walked the few houses down with the kids to the grandmother's house as they went off to work for the day. And the grandmother was then going to look after these children, had she had done many, many times before, because these people had to work. You know, so, you know, my nan, and I know people with nans, you know, we all know what nans are like, they're great, aren't they? And these were really helping out and looking after these children. And listen, they had this Afghan dog as well. You know, kids love a dog, don't they? And this is a beautiful, beautiful, you know, April morning, spring morning. So what they decided to do after the mum and dad had left and the gran and that's got the kids, they're thinking, oh, we'll go in the garden. Now the garden was well fenced. It had quite a tall gate. It had a lock on the gate, which was high up so that none of the children could open that gate. So the grandparents let them out into the garden, the nan let them out into the garden. She was in and out the house as you would be. You know, there wasn't much, you know, you're not talking about acreage here, you're just talking about a standard side garden, the back door coming straight out into the garden. She could see them, she could hear them. Now all of a sudden, I think it's around 10ish, 10 a.m. time, 10, 10.30 time, the gate of the garden opened. Now, Donna has said she doesn't know why. <clears throat> they, you know, she re re really remembers it was locked or, and the gran has said that it was locked at that point. But it just came open. Well, of course, as the gates opened, the dog, this Afghan hound, has run off. Now, you know, little Sandy, this three and a half, nearly four-year-old child, looks at his sister as if to say, oh, the gate's open, let's go. And sort of, edges near on, you know, come on, let's go. Now she was a bit weary, because she was only two. So as he ran after the dog and ran off, she sort of stopped fault for a while, and then, but she then ran in to the house to tell the grandmother in her way, as a two-year-old would, and this is why the time discrepancies can be a bit funny, because really, when you're talking about a two-year-old trying to explain to an adult that the gate's open, and Sandy's run out the gate and the dog's gone, it's difficult. Now, normally it would be around two minutes or so that if you had a warning that your children had opened the gate and gone, you would have run out. But when you're talking about a two-year-old trying to communicate that to an adult, it can be between two and five minutes, really. But it wasn't very long at all. Now, as they were searching for Sandy, the dogs come back. The dogs come back on his own. But Sandy never did. From that time, from that day, on the 23rd of April, 1976, Sandy Davidson has never been seen or heard of since. He was literally gone within about two minutes and 38 seconds. That was it, he was gone. So really, this case comes down to what happened to Sandy. As he was chasing the dog, did the dog go over to the water uh, way that was over the back, about five minutes away? Did he? Now the dog is an Afghan hound, they've got beautiful fur. 
You would have known if a dog had been near water. Now dogs and kids both love water. Not all, but most. This dog didn't look like that at all. So where did he go? Did Sandy on this building sites and what was going on with big heavy machinery going around, houses being built, a school being built, lots of building areas fall into somewhere and literally couldn't get out or hurt himself in that way. Now this was the theory at the time, first of all what happened and this then is what brought on this massive massive search for this child around this area because that's what they assumed probably happened to this child. Now, it's possible, right? It's possible, but there is no evidence to show that that is what happened at all. Now, there was a big search. Everyone was out looking, you know, sort of, but you had a lot of work going on. So, yes, he could have gone missing. He was a small child. He could have fallen in the waterway and um, have drowned in that, but I'm sure um, they would have found something, especially in the very first hours of the search. There was nothing ever found. So listen, you know, if you think that they've, you know, dredged these rivers, they've knocked on every door, you know, in a sort of an area, smaller sort of area, and this, he wouldn't have gone far, right? He was a very young child. If he was going to go off on his own, he wouldn't have gone far. So everywhere that the police thought he may have gone or what could have happened to him, they searched in them immediate days after his disappearance. So you know, I personally think at that point, you know, there might be more sinister things at play here. Now, all of a sudden, later on down the line, we had a few eyewitnesses coming forward. I think there was a man working in the house that was being built literally next door. So you had a block of land. And you'll see, actually, because I put on a clip from um, what Donna has done, because Donna, his sister, has continually tried to keep this case out there. And... and I mean, it should be out there because this child has, has not been found. Nothing is known about him. But what she's showing you in her little video is the timeline of and the area. But remember, when you watch this video, which I'm going to show you now, that area has now been built up. It was not like that then. So the houses that are now there that you'll see with the bit of land between them, that was the houses being built. And there was a carpenter in the top room of there of that house and he says that he looked out of the window down onto this open field area at the time and he saw um little sandy or a child looking like that being led off by a very well-dressed man hey folks i'm just going to do a wee video to let you know basically his understanding of the day, the day when sandy went missing this is number 41 St Kilda Bank. This is the house we moved to six weeks prior to Sandy going missing. My gran, I'll just take you along to my gran's garden, my grandparents. Dad would it work. So this is the, the garden here, this is the house 
Friday morning, about 10 in the morning, myself and Sandy were playing in the garden with our dog, Kissy. Kissy was an Afghan hound. So the two were playing here, and as you can see, there's a fence. The fence was the same height at the time. The gate was locked, so a child at two or three couldn't reach up and open it, which makes me think somebody's opened it. For the, so the dog escaped. The two has come after the dog. Now this was just a building site because it was just getting built. The school wasn't near. Hit, 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 get stopped getting built to get searched because at the beginning they thought it was more likely to be an accident. My grandparents' house had just been finished and they were starting on this, these houses here. And this was the house where the joiner was working and he was working in the upstairs window and he happened to look out the window and he seen Sandy just round about here getting in a car. I'm not sure which way it went, I think it probably went that way because you could get up that way. So whether he's come out and went in the car and he's went that way and I've went back that way. There was also another witness sitting somewhere out here in a dumper truck that also verified the scene I'm going away. Now we were led to believe at the beginning there was no eyewitnesses until this gentleman got in contact with me. So, hi, um, I just want you all to look at this video and try and jog your memories back to that day to see if you've seen anything at all no matter how small, get in contact. Also, when you look down that way, you can doubt there's a river down there. But I don't think he's been as far down there. I think it's just been this area here. And I think the cars, he's went in the car and went off. So, if you could all just share and ask your friends to share. And hopefully, we maybe find out what happened to Sandy Davidson. Now, we've had other witnesses also that have also said this, I think about three um, over the time. Some have come out later than others, but they've all sort of said the same thing. Now, um, I think there was a bloke working or a workman working in one of the diggers, you know, digging up the land a bit further over. And he also said too that he had seen uh, a child being walked away and the child seemed to be happy to go with this person. So as far as anyone was concerned, this child you know, was um, theirs. Because don't forget, in 1976, people weren't thinking of abductions of three and a half, four-year-old children, were they, really? And then later on down the line, uh, a, a neighbour come forward who said he was doing his garden and he had also then seen this child or a child resembling little um, Sandy uh, being led off ha quite happily going and walking along with this man and then gets into a car and is driven off. So, you know, from them eyewitnesses, and if that's what we believe, um, and there is no evidence, is there, um, when they dredged 
you know, the, the, the rivers and God knows what else they'd done in search of this child, he just wasn't there. So I think we can actually say that this child was abducted on the 23rd of April 1976. Now, this kid was absolutely a beautiful kid. He had these like locks, you know, of hair, curly, beautiful looking child, energetic child. He loved cars, he loved all this stuff. You know, he was a lovely, boisterous boy. Now his dad had a nickname for him, I think it was Sheepdog, they used to call him, because of the hair, you know, of this child. This child was just a lovely kid, and this child had his whole life ahead of him. He'd come from a beautiful family, a loving, caring home. He was looked after by his grandmother when they went to work. Now, it's, you know, so sad for this grandmother, because really, how must she have felt to have had these children in her care and all of a sudden this child goes missing and is literally gone without a trace. It's very sad here, you know, it's a very sad case this one and it would be great if um, there could be some conclusion to it really. In the end, you know, this child needs to be found dead or alive. So on this morning you had Sandy Davison in the garden with his little sister Donna. So these are the actual facts of this case. Now they were playing with the dog, as kids do. This gate's come open, whether someone has opened it and locked it, because the lock was very high, it's come open. Within seconds, Sandy has gone, and that was it. Donna decided not to go, and probably lucky for her that she didn't, because we may not have been talking about just one disappearance of a child, we may have been talking about both. So she decided not to go, even though Sandy was encouraging her to go, she decided not to go, went in the house and informed the grandparents. That's really it. And as Sandy ran out of that gate, that was the last time he was ever seen. So really, they're the only facts on this case that there are. Because remember, there's no CCTV, there was nothing. We have this building site going on, multiple people around, people coming into the area to work, leaving. So it's quite transient, isn't it, in the end, this area, when you have a lot of building work going on. We had a massive school being built. You know, the foundations were going in. A lot of places where a child's body could be put. But I think if the eyewitness testimonies of the people, of a man, a well-dressed man, taking this child and placing him in a car. I think little Sandy was really gone out of the area very, very quickly. So as this boy had been, everyone noticed this boy had gone missing, the search you know, was going on, all the building work stopped, right? So they didn't carry on building. They understood that a young child had gone missing and everything stopped. So it wasn't poured concrete on top of nothing else, everything was stopped in search for this child for quite a long while really until it was allowed to resume once they had checked everything and cleared that site for any site or evidence of him that then work was allowed to continue but up till then it had stopped because I know a lot of you are going to say well they could have put concrete on him they could you know it could be they could have but not in this case this case this work was stopped while this search was going on and it was a thorough search actually for this child of this area and nothing was found at all. Now Sandy's mother Margaret 
and the father Phil believed that this a lonely man wanted a son. Now I've said to you before, haven't I, that when you, um, and it is grieving this, because you are trying to rationalise in your mind what's happened. What is, you know, what is, where is my son? And it's easier, isn't it, to think that your son is off being brought up by a family that care and love him. Now listen, that could be the case and it's happened before. It's happened before that kids have been taken, you know, really as a, you know, as a substitute for a child that someone else has lost or, you know, they think, well, you've got a few kids, I'm going to take one of them. It has happened and it could have happened in this case. It could have, but there's no evidence to show that at all. This child has never come up and they have done, I think, an age progression photo and we'll talk about that in a little while um, and, and that. But there's lots of ifs or buts and um, whys in this. Do you know what I mean? What could have happened? The fear is in this again, as in many of these missing cases, are endless, aren't they? But what it comes down to, really, is this child, this young child, went missing on that day and has never been seen or heard of since. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So that's really what it comes down to. So I think we have to ask the question, if someone did take him, and that is their reason, this boy would be now, I think it was his 45th anniversary actually in April. So, you know, he'd be 40-odd years old. I think... If he doesn't know who he is, the parents of that person, the parents that took that person would be very old now. It's time to come forward and say what you've done. If it wasn't that sort of thing, and it was an abduction from someone with other sinister intentions, then you are looking for a body now. Now, if it is true about what these eyewitnesses said, that this child was taken, placed in a car and driven off, this child could be anywhere. Okay, so let's talk about this age progression photograph, right? And the results were put on this. this I think Donna done this internet campaign um, about this to really push this, you know, because what they're trying to say is if it was true that the mother feels that someone just wanted a child and they took her beautiful child, um, then now, 45 years later, that that child would recognise maybe himself as he was growing up in photos and this, that and the other and come forward or someone may come forward. Now in November 2013, a DNA test was carried out on someone who was born around the same time uh, as Sandy and who lived about 20 miles away, but it turned out that it was not the missing toddler. So you have hope and then it's lost, isn't it? But at least people came forward and said, listen, this could be me. I'm unsure, let's do the DNA, let's get it tested. So again, I'm going to show you this um, age progression and if you do think this could have been you or you may know someone this looks like, then please get in touch. Now, in September 2014, this Broomlands Primary School, which was being constructed around this time, remember I said the police had had to stop all the works and that this was the school that was being, you know, constructed and everything. Now, this was now being demolished, right? So in 2014, the police and council had refused to excavate the land in search for Sandy. Because what they're saying is, we'd searched that land, we'd stopped all work, 
and um, when you have eyewitnesses, I suppose, and if they believe they're eyewitnesses, that this child was taken away because to excavate land is, um, especially a land on what a school would have been built on, is a very expensive thing. But because there's no real evidence in this case, I can understand why Donna and the family feel absolutely devastated about this. Listen, if this was my child or if this was your child, you would want this land excavated in just a hope that they may find this boy's remains and give this family a break. But they didn't. They refused. And throughout this case, there's been some refusals of quite a few things. But they may all be justified refusals, or they may be that the police really don't have the resources, or they believe that something else has happened to this child. Now, <laughs> in 2015, don't forget there's this big campaign out there, you know, um, Donna's not left it, the missing persons is out there, they're all, you know, people are advertising different things for information all the time. Now in 2015, a surprise new witness emerged and he made uh, contact via the social media network uh, website, this Facebook web website that's going on and I'll leave you a link to these websites and everything so you can also, if you have any information, leave it or contact missing persons and stuff. But anyway, in 2015, someone did contact them via this uh, social networking site. Now, they claimed that they had been abducted and tortured by a teenage girl around the same time as Santa's disappearance. Now, this man account was dismissed by Ayrshire Police and no further investigation was taken. Now, this man's story is very interesting, actually. Right? Now, he says a young girl who lived literally around this area had abducted him. He was out playing with his mates and he'd left it a little bit earlier. He was abducted. He said he feels that he'd been knocked out because she'd picked up a, a heavy brick or something and hit him. So he felt he'd been um, out for about maybe one or two hours. He'd been missing for quite a long time. When he woke up, he had been abused and different stuff like that by this girl and probably was left for dead. But he survived and then I think what he said is because he was this young child he sort of put it to the back of his mind and it wasn't until later on when there was um, like another trauma that happened to him that all this sort of resurfaced again. Now he went to the English police uh, and told them you know what had happened and they then contacted the Scottish police. So the Scottish police as I've said discounted that claim and I don't think this man was interviewed and that was that really they just discounted it so that's another one now you know we we don't know why they've discounted it do we we, we don't and uh, we're not the Scottish police I haven't got access to their their stuff so we don't know but I think any lead that comes up whether it's like this because this boy could have been right he could have been attacked when he was 13 by a local child another you know a young girl and attacked, you don't know. You don't know. It's meant to be quite a violent attack. But I think, I don't know if there may have been any record of it or whatever, but for some reason they didn't follow it up and they had no interest in following it up. That was it. As far as they were concerned, no, it wasn't relevant information and that was it. I, we don't know why, so I can't speculate really. I just can't. Now, again, in 2020, there was another contact via social media by a young lady, a young woman, who stated 
that her father had picked up a child similar to the description of Sandy around that time. This is what she's saying. And he said that he was looking for his dog. So <clears throat> what she's saying is the man then drove them, because she was in the car, to a field. And that's really all she can remember, really, about that. Now, um, we've often had cases, haven't we, of abductions and different things with other children in the car. Because what does that do? It makes you feel safe, doesn't it? It takes, it drops down, doesn't it, the guard. Now listen, he was a four-year-old child and he loved cars and he's looking for his dog. This man could have approached him because this is what this girl's saying. Her father has approached this boy. He's looking for his dog. He's walked him back to the car. He's put him in the car. They drove off. He's drove to a field with this child and drove away and this child isn't there anymore. Now, what the police have said was, now of course, you know, uh, Donna has uh, uh, notified the police about all this and, and of course she would and she has and um, the police said no that they believe, believe that her account is untrue because she has mental health now as I've said we don't know the police's reasons this person could have made multiple claims about multiple different crimes in the area or disappearances in the area over the years we don't know but if they've just discounted this person because she's got mental health that is really not right because you have to think if that is the reason why they've done it what caused her mental health you know if you are being brought up by someone that is abducting children and he's taken you along for the ride I think you're going to have some serious mental health issues because of the environment and stuff that you are living in so I wouldn't discount anybody with mental health. As I say, we don't know about their reasons for not talking to this lady, do we? But we, you know, as I said, it could be that she is one of these people that has got mental health issues and makes multiple claims on different cases. And if that's the case, that would have been one reason why they wouldn't have uh, took that any further. And there could be other reasons why they didn't want to tell the family this, but I think they need to be clear with the families in these cases on why they're doing certain things and why they're not. Because it leads to frustrations, doesn't it, from the families. These families need to know what's going on, whether these are cold cases or not, because the police have still said, you see the Scottish police, that this case remains open and that any evidence will be looked into and searched, you know, you know, thoroughly. So, if then you've had two claims now, one from a young lad that said that he was attacked many, around that same time by a young girl in that area, but you didn't investigate that, then you've had a person come forward with mental health that says that her father is the one that took this child, but you didn't investigate that. You should say why, or make it very clear to the family why you're not investigating these crimes because in that way these then cases could be run much more open and transparent and make everybody feel better about it because these people are struggling you know this family to cope 
even 45 years later with this. So every time they feel that someone, listen, and we know that people are going to make up stories, we know that, right? But they have to be looked at and either took seriously or made to, to be seen to be unbelievable for one reason or another in the family's eyes so they can now rest and move on, right? Still waiting and looking for this child, but they need to know the facts of why the police are not reinvestigating little things like this. It's really important for the police, the families, and everyone to work together here and be as open as honest as possible in anything that may turn up. It saves so much heartache in the end. Now, I suppose the last thing in this case that I'm going to have to say, and I hate to say it, but a few weeks ago, I done the case on the World End murders. Now, in that case, you know, we had the serial killer, didn't we? You know, Sinclair, Angus Sinclair. Now, Angus Sinclair has been linked to this crime. I don't think he's been discounted totally because you couldn't discount him, really, if he was working in this area at that time. Um, he could have, right? It could have. And if uh, he has got anything to do with it, I think we all know the outcome of this poor child. But as I said, it's just theories, right? These are just theories because the police don't have any evidence. No one's ever come forward and Sinclair would never have said any way if he had abducted this child. No way would he ever said that. So listen, this is the longest running missing child case in Scotland to date, right? And what can we do? What is it that you can do? Well, you can share this video out. You can talk about this video. You can share out the photos of him and the age progression. If you know anything, you can talk, contact the numbers that's going to come up on here and the people to see and talk to. You can do that anonymously. You don't have to say your name or anything else. Any information would be grateful. I think his sister Donna said that she feels guilty and still is trying to this day get on with her life 45 plus years later, trying to move on because she feels guilty about what happened even though she was two years old and there was nothing that she could have done. But you see, this is what happens, isn't it? When you have a child that goes missing, everyone's life is affected. Everyone's life is affected until they find out some answers. So listen, thank you for joining me for this case. Uh, Sandy Davison is still missing. It would be, I would be really grateful and so would they if anyone knows anything to make sure that you contact someone. So you know what to do. You can put your thumbs up. You can hit the like button. You can, oh, I think that's the same thing. You can hit the bell button. You can subscribe to the channel. It would be really great if you would do that. You can follow this case up on Let's Have a Chat About Murder on Instagram. You can follow me on Facebook and on Instagram. You can um, talk to me via any of them means. You can leave comments, which I love. And at the moment, as you can tell, I'm very busy. We're putting a case out each day. Uh, so I will get back to you in the end. I do read through them quickly, and but I will get back to you soon. So thank you to my patrons, my members, in my uh, Partners in Crime Members Lounge. I really appreciate everything you do to support this channel and how you've been supporting this campaign for the missing. It's been really wonderful. So thank you for that. The next case coming up, case number four is up. 
it's a very interesting case um, and it's about two missing people two missing kids that was went missing together very sad case very sad so you know what to do until the next time bye bye